Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Fan Stream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by now. Here's JP. All right, welcome into a Friday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Uh, we are absolutely locked and loaded on this Friday. A lot of juicy topics to get into. Uh, we're going to have some fun this morning. We'll talk uh, not about the Bolts. We'll talk about it, but that won't be the fun part. That's for damn sure. Another disappointing third period last night. Um, they are not looking like a well-tuned playoff team at this point, so we'll get into that. The Bucks are at the Combine trying to find an edge rusher, among other things. The quarterbacks are talking this morning. That will have an effect on what goes on for the Bucks draft as well. Um, and we've got a very special guest coming on, two special guests, actually. Evan Klosky is going to join us from uh, Channel 10 Sports. Always uh, great to talk to Evan, uh, does a deep dive on all the big topics. Uh, and one of the big topics we'll be talking about today is the cost of the Rays Stadium. That vote is coming up in May. A well, full disclosure of financials in April is expected. Uh, Tom Mullins is going to join us. Uh, he and uh, some of his partners did a deep dive on the financials. Their website is nohomerunsingular.com. If you want to check that out before the interview, nohomerun.com. And they've um, uh, estimated the public cost to be $2.4 billion, with a B, billion dollars. So let's uh, welcome in my good buddy, Tim Ham, IndyCar Tim, and our DSP affiliate in Dallas. He's, that's uh, that's your tip in cash, baby. Two point four billion. I know you, big money, dude. That is a lot of buckets of beer. That's wow. that's all. Like that's all how I relate things, right? Like here in Dallas, we've got bars that I go to that are the upper end bars that it's like you know twenty five dollars for six bottles in a bucket, and then the lower end bars I go to where it's fourteen for six bottles in a bucket. You know, but that's where I'd be hanging out. Yeah, that, a lot of the. Nicer looking women are at the other one, though. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, but then I can't I'm afford more, to buy I'm more the drinks. In the cheap beer these days, right? So, right. so um, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about if you piled up two point four billion dollars in beer buckets, how high would that go? Like Empire State Building high? Like how high? Would- oh, that'd go to outer space, right? Like two point four billion. Billion? Yeah, it would have to, right? People have no idea like how much a billion is, no. like a billion dollars, because we, you know, we just throw it away in cash to Ukraine. But that's fine. Um, we, you know, it's it's crazy how much money we're talking about here. You know, for a municipality that is not really that big, you know, in right. terms of money and, and finances. So, and and the and the it's uh, to me it's a fascinating topic. Uh, it's very interesting, and you know, of course, yes, I'm am I anti building it in St. Pete? Yes, because St. Pete can do a lot better with that with that development property than than this deal. This is an incredible boondoggle for Stu Sternberg. I mean, I knew it was bad, but when I read all this and these guys are super smart that did this this deep dive. They are they're the ex Raymond James executive Tom Mullins who's going to join us uh, and his partner Ron Diner, I believe it is. Uh 
Um, he'll explain all of it, their methods and everything and how they got to these numbers. But these are guys that deal with these huge projects all over the United States. Uh, so they know how the sausage is made in all these huge projects. So there's a lot of hidden money in this deal. You know, and the fact that, you know, on day one, when the Rays had the press conference, they were like, oh, it's going to cost $450 million to the taxpayers. And I literally on this show laughed out loud, <laughs> maybe for like 30 minutes. I could not stop laughing. I'm like, oh, my, well, okay. Or let's, you know, I wonder what the real numbers are. You know, of course, right. they have all the county commission and St. Pete Council and the mayor, buddy up there with their pom-poms. Like, Ooh, let's go. Let's raise are going to stay. Saw a billboard yesterday. Staying here forever. A billboard in, 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 in Hillsborough or something along that line. Uh, here to stay. I think it was, yeah, that was the tagline. Here to stay. Right. Okay. Vote hasn't been taken yet. Vote hasn't been taken yet. Financials have not even been disclosed in a final form. And we see, we see the, you know, the template of the deal is out there. And that's what these guys have studied. That's public record. Um, but the final, even the final details have not been given to the council members. And all, all of this negotiations has, has gone on in secret because they're doing these one-on-one -on -one meetings with council members and, and commission members to keep it out of the, you know, the sunshine law and another red flag. Um, so many red flags in this deal, but you know, the final tally is, is about 2.4 billion. And, and, and the thing is here, this is not anti-race baseball. You know, I talked to Tom at length last night and he's a big, huge baseball fan, lives in old Northeast, rides his bike to the games. Now it couldn't be easier. This is a guy who would benefit more than maybe anybody from having a stadium in the same location, but he's also, uh, he's also, uh, you know, uh, a citizen, you know, and he, he understands what this is going to do to the city of St. Petersburg and Pinellas County and the opportunity to do something so much better, like so much better that would really um, help the black community a hell of a lot more than this stadium will. Yeah. Um, and the whole, and when you really break it down, I mean, think about this affordable housing right next to a baseball stadium. First of all, why would you, that, that land is worth literally $22 million an acre. Okay, on the market. That's what the sum is just sold for, $20 million an acre. Okay? You could sell an acre, take the $20 million, take it to another location, which is more beneficial to the people who are going to live there, and literally build them $20 million worth of housing. <laughs> okay? Are you understanding how much more bang? That's just for one acre. How much more bang for the buck you can get and how many more units of affordable housing you could actually build if you did this a smart way? And, the reason, and why is affordable housing in this deal? Because it looks good politically. Oh, some of this money is going to go to affordable housing. Well, okay, great. Let's take 20 times more money that we could do if we did this the right way and put it towards affordable housing. And that's just a slice of how much better they could do for something else. And the bottom line is, I mean, we've said this a million times. St. Pete is a wonderful downtown area. It does not need a baseball stadium to thrive. That real estate is absolutely there. There are developers chomping at the bit to get a hold of that real estate to, to, to do things with it. And you have a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's no huge plot like this in a major metropolitan sunbelt hot real estate area in America left to build on. And what this, what they could do with this would benefit the city and the citizens for literally generations to come. What they're about to do with it is going to saddle them with bills and horrible debt for generations to come. You make the choice.
you know, and it's, yep. and it's not about the Rays leaving Tampa Bay folks. This is about, um, you know, they're not, if, if this deal was not done, there still are other options. They can still stay in Tropicana field for another year and play baseball. They can still, you know, I still hear people say, well, Hillsborough doesn't have any money. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true at all. They just do not are not going to write a blank check for Stu Sternberg and bend over like St. Pete is. And no municipality is going to do that. I got news for you. Not even Nashville. So um, it's just it's a horrible deal. It is a it is a boondoggle for Stu Sternberg and nothing else. Um, and and Tom's going to explain this a little bit better than I can in terms of the numbers. So we'll do that at eleven o'clock. JP, you want a quick illustration of the difference between a million and a billion? Yes. If someone gave you a thousand dollars, I'm sorry, a million dollars, okay, and they said spend a thousand dollars every day and come back to me when you're broke, it would okay. take you three years, okay, to okay. spend a million dollars if you spend a thousand dollars every day. If someone gave you a billion dollars, said spend a thousand every day, come back to me when you're broke, it would take twenty seven hundred years. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's the difference between a million and a billion. Holy shit. That's a great example right there. Yeah. That's that's a two and we're talking about two point four billion of those. Of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh uh it, it's incredible. And this is why suddenly the Rays love St. Petersburg. All right, so let's get into some other stuff. The um and I you know I don't like talking about national stuff, but this kind of affects uh, the Buccaneers and, and, and the entire NFL draft. Caleb Williams spoke this morning, and evidently, Tim, you told me that the people at Pro Football uh, Talk, the experts, yeah, the experts at Pro Football Talk, evidently just watched the Gettysburg Address. Yeah, I mean, it was this was this was so good. Give me the give me the story on this. Uh, so the quote is, if I can find it again, um, <laughs> uh, it just disappeared on me. Um, so yeah. Pro football talk for those of you, Mike Florio and the NBC uh, situation. Mike Florio. He wrote this. I can tell you that. Oh, this sounds just like an attorney writing it, right? (laughs) Exactly. I can get back there to it. So basically the uh, Bears, I guess he just, he he tweeted out, we just sat down with Caleb Williams for for a 10-minute interview. And he said, with all apologies to whoever the teams were, the Packers, the whatever Vikings, they were. Vikings, yeah. yeah they're, they're divisional opponents. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the Packers and the Vikings and the uh, Lions. Lions, yeah. Uh, the Bears are about to have their uh, first franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman. Yeah, good luck. For those of good you luck. that don't know who Sid Luckman yeah. is, go Google it because he played back in, like, the 40s. <laughs> yeah. The last Bears quarterback to complete more than two passes in a row. <laughs> Um, it's it's just like but the hype on this dude and 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 what really he kind of got me last night was he came out and said he's not doing medicals yeah he's not doing medicals which you know that's what the combine is all about is doing you know teams meeting and and getting your medicals for the most part it's the most important part and i will say this it does seem a little ridiculous that every team you meet with has to poke and pull and prod you but that's you know the medical stuff is a very subjective thing, right? Like, you know, they want to, doctors will disagree on a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, to one, a loose knee to one doctor is a fine knee to another. It's, it's a very subjective thing. So you want your doctors looking at the players, especially with a pick that's, th- that is this uh, generationally changing. Right? right. So he said, he's not going to do that. Um, and I, you know, just from the very beginning, and I saw last night on Twitter, a lot, a lot of the these draft nicks were like, "Well, then he's off my board." I mean, that's a that's a red flag. That's a red flag right there. 
um, it's it just, you know, as I, as I put on Twitter last night, well, if, if they make him do the medicals, is he going to go crying to his mommy in the stands? Is he going to jump up there? And, I don't what if he what if he doesn't get drafted number one, JP? What if he doesn't go number one? Are they gonna have the cameras on him at the draft and and he's gonna be crying in his mama's lap because he didn't go well, number interesting, one? Interesting, because I I just saw this and and when I get off there maybe before him, um, Jaden Daniels is uh, plus thirteen hundred to be the number one pick. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some of that action. Oh, absolutely, that man! Action. That's a great value right there. Yeah, I'm getting some of that action. I su- I suggest you do as well because there's already, you know, you can as as long as we've been doing this, Tim. You can watch the media, you can watch ESPN, you can watch it, just kind of feel what's going to happen. I remember um, watching the Cam Newton uh, workout yeah. and the reaction to the Cam Newton workout. I'm like, and he was never considered, you know, for the most part as a number one pick. Yeah. I mean, they, they, remember that was even with what he did in college, people were like, eh, you know, he's an athlete. He's not a pure quarterback. He's not going to, after his workout, it was like slam dunk. Number one, right. slam dunk. Number one, there's private workout. And it wasn't even close. And if you watch the workout, you went slam dunk. Number one, it was, yep. it was amazing. It was probably one of the greatest individual workouts of all time. Yeah. Now, did that translate into a great career? He had a great career. He had MVP, went to a Super Bowl. You know, he, anything but a bust. He was not a bust. No. He had a he had a fantastic career. Little little bit of a weirdo and a knucklehead, but um, you know, he was he was a, one of the most incredible we- offensive weapons, frankly, I've ever seen in football in his prime. Sure. He was unstoppable in the red zone. If you don't if you don't remember, you should remember. I mean, all we remember for the most part is him staring at that football, staring the at Super the fumble, yeah. at his own fumble. Like, yeah. should I get on that? Let me think about this for a while. Oops, too late. Um, I went back and looked at that the other day and it's, it's even more jarring now when you look at it. I, I remember watching it live. I came out of my chair Yeah, and I was, yeah. And then, but I went back and looked at it again. I'm like, Holy. Cause you know what? If he, if he had come back the next year or if they'd have won that game, nobody yeah. would remember it. Nobody would care if, oh, if they'd have come not. back the next year and, and won or won a second one, nobody would remember. Nobody would, you know, a few people would, but it wouldn't matter. Yeah. But dude, that defined his career because. That was it. That's the only shot he had. Yeah. And, and think about that. That defined his career. Yeah. All the things that he did. Yep. Like, even the crazy, you know, wearing grandma's hairnet. Like, <laughs> I thought that would define his career. No. But um, that can, I was just thinking to myself, uh, show aside, um, is there another moment that defined a player more than that? I mean, well, think about the moments that have defined players you know, and I'm thinking. Well, gosh, I'll give you, you know, one. It's not football related. Yeah, any sport, any sport. Bill Buckner. Yeah, Bill Buckner. You know, great player. Borderline Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. Nobody remembers anything. Else. That's probably that's probably the best one. But I'd put the I would put that one that Cam Newton. Uh, you know, not hopping on the grenade uh, in a, in the top five. Did he ever call yeah. that a business decision? <laughs> <laughs> made a business decision. <laughs> he did make a business decision. Um, and probably he didn't need to. We, no. we knew what it was. Yeah, we knew what it was. Um, yeah. So think of put that in your in memory banks, and maybe we'll we'll do that as a topic in the off season. Like, you know, I, I would think you know Jordan had so many. Yeah. Um, but so I mean, the shot over Elo for me. But there was he had he had so many moments in his career. The flu game. So I, 
Yeah, I think these. I think this would these would all go more in the dubious, right? Uh, um, oh, your boy uh, of the Rangers, the right fielder, um, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, what a career that dude had. What do you remember him for? That's all I care about. That's hey, right, dude. I followed that dude from Double A. I followed his entire. Yeah. By the way, he just now retired. You realize that after mm-hmm. last season, he was still playing, and the Rangers gave up on him after twenty eleven. Again, incredible Hall of Fame, almost worthy career. If not, well, here's another one locally, Tony Romo. When he, dropped, when he dropped, dropped the field goal against the Seahawks in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. There's yeah. a couple of these. It's defining careers, but that was for Camden. So, um, got off track here. We did. So, but this is the, the quarterbacks are talking today. And I would just say, I, I just, and, you know, I'm hearing uh, Lewis Riddick talk about this. Darren Orlovsky already said it yesterday. He's their number one. And that, there's guys, there's a great analyst out there. I think, um, was it Hasselbeck? A couple other analysts I've heard go Drake May. They think yeah. Drake May is 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 a better prospect because of his size, and you know he's more Justin Herbert esque. Right. So I think I think this number one quarterback thing is anything but settled. I, I think for a long time that's been the um, kind of the narrative, but I think it's anything but settled. So we'll see. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, you know, I'm not a draft expert, but I've been covering the draft for a long time. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks play college and how it does or doesn't translate into the pros. Right. Caleb Williams is not my number one quarterback in the – Caleb Williams isn't my number two quarterback in this draft. Really? Yeah. I'm just not a – I think he's got some issues personally that are going to prohibit him from being a stud in the NFL. Now, he's got all the physical tools. We know this, mm-hmm. right? He's probably the most physically talented of all the guys. But I think I've got May one and Daniels two. I, I, I like Jaden Daniels. I mean, I think maybe – and sometimes you get enamored with players because you see them with your own eyes. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen him twice against FSU. And his speed is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. When he hits that second gear and running the football, it, he's running away from people. I don't know what he's going to run in the 40 if they do that today or what. Maybe, they may just be talking today um, or if he even runs it. But that dude is – he's Lamar fast. He's Lamar yeah. fast. Yeah. And I think his running is is underestimated. The dude put up a, maybe been 700, 700 yards against Florida. I don't care. I don't care. Florida's defense was not great. I get it. But it's an SEC defense. Right. Barely. But kind of 700 yards, 700 yards. Yeah. And he just ran at will, ran away from people, um, threw at will. The dude's talent is off the, off the charts. Now, listen, if he was 15 pounds heavier, there wouldn't even be there wouldn't even be a discussion. Am I wrong? No, no. Discussion. There would not even be a discussion. No. And by the no. way, uh, Pro Football Talk just tweeted out again a quote from Caleb Williams saying, "The teams that I visit with personally will receive my medical information." That's not really the way it works. <laughs> you can't just provide them with stuff. They're going to want to do it themselves. Well, yeah, and and he says we'll see it. Like, yeah, what does that mean? They're going to get a sheet of paper? Um, he got something yeah. notarized, right? He's going to hold up a notarized sheet of paper, say, here's my yeah. medicals. Y'all draft no. me. No, 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 no bueno. <laughs> um, so we'll see. And, of course, how does that affect the Bucks? Well, what Chicago does is going to affect what the Bucks do tremendously because Chicago, at this point, I think uh, most of the scuttlebutt is they're done with Justin Fields he's headed to Atlanta. I, that would shock me if that whole thing didn't go down. Yeah. Um, so where, so what are the bears doing at number one? You know, you know, this Baker, does that, if Justin Fields doesn't go 
and they don't trade him, you know, who's trading up to get him? Who's, you know, who, how's that affecting the draft? And do that, does that now make the Falcons in play for Baker Mayfield? Because yeah. if there's one place that, that I think Baker would go, and now people have talked about the Patriots because of the connection with all the Browns employees. Well, that Browns thing didn't go so great for Baker, you right. know, especially at the end. So the guys in L.A., Raheem, Zach Robinson, uh, they love Baker. They love Baker. And he is definitely an option for them. But I think that's, I think he's option B. I think Justin Fields is option A. But they don't have Justin Fields. And right. I think right now they're trying to show some leverage. Like, hey, you know, they're talking to the Bears. And I'm sure the Bears are going, we want two one number one picks for Justin Fields. Right. <laughs> you know? As they should. And, as they should. As they should. That's where the that's where the negotiation starts. And you go down from there. So they're trying to get the best deal they can get for Justin Fields. And the Falcons are going, look, we'll give you a two and a four. That's it. Because and if not, we're moving on to Baker. Yeah. You know, or or Kirk Cousins. So take it or leave it. So this is the way these deals work. So, but you know, that puts Baker in play in Atlanta. It puts him in play in Pittsburgh. It puts him in play. Maybe in Minnesota uh, if they move maybe on. Maybe in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, so Baker's got options. And, and we've talked ad, ad nauseum about why I think he's staying here. And I still believe that. But again, this is why we watch the entire domino set up here. This is why we're watching everything because, you know, we think we know where the chess pieces are going. We think we know, but this is the NFL and stuff gets crazy. Teams so. do weird things at this time of year, man. You, sometimes you just don't understand it. So we're going to with uh, we're going to get into this with Evan Klosky, the edge rusher deal with the Buccaneers and some more Bucks stuff. So don't worry Bucks fans, we got plenty more Bucks content coming your way. Um, but I wanted just to uh, move over to the Lightning here real quick. Um, another disappointing night. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Um, you know, I, I work for the Lightning, as many of you know, uh, and it's it's and you have to be you have to be honest, right? You have to be honest about what you see. At least on, on this program, we have to be honest. We're not ripping them in the intermission reports. Um, but in the post game, you know, Brian Engblom and I and, and Bobby the Chief Taylor, I think we we've been, we're very you know, and those guys know way more about hockey than I do. And their their assessment of this team is that they are not doing the things they need to do right now um, to be successful in the playoffs. And closing out games is one of them. And when you have you, you think about this now, they've had a stretch of games here at home. They've lost what four in a row at home, uh, and two of them coming to Ottawa and Buffalo. You know, at this time of year, those were four points you banked. You had to get those four points. And you didn't. You got the Canadians coming in Saturday, another non-playoff team, and you better freaking get two points there because you're going into this stretch now of five home games in 14 days where other teams are going to make up all the games in hand. And in two weeks, if you are not, if you don't go at least four and one at home and win the rest, rest of these in this homestand and you got the Panthers coming in, um, then, you know, you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. And you're 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 gonna maybe on the outside looking in. I think um, Engblom said this the other day, and I, I think he's right. Well, I know he's right. Um, it says when you when you're talking about the last 10, 15 games, and you're in the playoff chase, right? You got to win four out of your five games to 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 make up ground. Right. You've got to win. You've got to play eighty percent hockey to make up ground. 
the bolts are not playing 80% hockey. Now they're not playing 800 hockey. Now they're not even close. They're more towards 500 hockey. So they've got, I mean, it looks like, okay, we're still in the playoff hunt. No, you're not at this point with all games being equal in, in, in two weeks, you're probably going to be, if you continue to play like this on the outside, looking in. So it, it, the playoffs have begun. These are do-or-die games. And when you have a two-to-one lead over the Buffalo Sabres in the third period, you got to close that game out. You have got to close that game out. No, no. And, and listen, that's what the player said last night. I'm not, you know, going off on some tangent here now ripping the lightning. The players have said that too. We got to get points. That's all there is to it. You got to get points. And, and you have an opportunity like this in a two-to-one game You've got against Buffalo, and I'm not saying they're horrible. They went on a four-game win streak before losing uh, to the Panthers the other night. So they've won five out of six. They are, um, in their last 21 games, they've given up 46 goals with uh, Lukanen, uh, who's a damn, played really well last night and a damn good goalie. Yeah. Uh, so they've given up t- 46 goals in 21 games. Go look at how many goals the Lightning have given up in their last 21. It's a hell of a lot more than 46, I can tell you that, because that's tied for the best in that stretch in the NHL. So the, the Sabres have been, you know, oddly enough, playing some really good defensive hockey. So at 2-1, to one, you, you may not score again, but you don't need to score again. They do. And the Lightning gave up three bad penalties, two in the third period. One cost them the tying goal, and then one cost them the overtime goal. And, you, you know, your penalty kill's got to be better. Your power play's got to be better. They had a big chance in the third period of power play, and they almost gave up a shorty it was not, and, and maybe got a shot off uh, on net. So, you know, and last night was not not anything to write home about. I, I Listen, I think they played well at times. They they probably played well enough, well enough and – had more puck possession and, you know, should they should have won a game. They should have won a game, but they didn't. And yeah. at this time of year, that's just not okay. No, and like we've talked about, they've been playing playoff hockey for the last week and a half, two weeks, really, just because mm-hmm. of where they are in the standings and where we are in yeah, the season. In terms of importance of the games, yeah. You, you get a point against Buffalo, you should have had two. That point's going to be insignificant here in the long run. You know, that second point would have been pretty good. But when you look at the loss against Buffalo, the loss against Philly, the loss against Washington a few games ago, I feel like that's kind of a, those are all kind of a microcosm of the, their yeah. entire season. Right, yep. like, yep. and I wanted to pick your brain a little bit because you're way closer to the situation than I am. These deficiencies that they're having on defense and, and allowing goals and and odd man rushes is is this more of a Vassy issue? Is this a a defensive issue? Is it a combination of the two? I mean, is there something that you can look at to say this is where they're failing? This is what needs to be addressed. I'll say this: the last few losses look a lot like the beginning of the year. Um, you know, it, it, last night, uh, Tage Thompson, uh, takes a turnover and it gets right in the back of the net, you know, in a heartbeat right. and, and it, it, every mistake they made early in the season ended up in the back of their net. Then they went through a spell where they, they stopped that. And Bassey was really, really good. He won 10 of 13 games. Um, so, and then, you know, li, li, the last two weeks, they've kind of reverted back to that a little bit. They had the collapse at Philadelphia in the third period when, when coverage was terrible, but Bassey let in a couple softies. A high blocker side. Um, you know, last night uh, was Thompson's goal, the, the game tire um, that uh, well, he went high blocker side, but that, that shot was like <laughs> in over Bassey's shoulder or just under the bar. It was an incredible shot, but it was high blocker. And I was talking to Brian Bradley about that and said, we're seeing a lot of that. We saw a lot of that in Philadelphia. 
So they're just, you know, um, and it was short side as well. So you, right. you, you, those are, you know, look, is it a great shot? Yes, it is a phenomenal shot. Does Vassy usually stop those? Yep. In those situations, he does. And that's why the Lightning have been so good. That's why they've won two cups. And when Vasilevsky, and I'm not, again, I'm not putting the blame on him because they're, you know, these guys are wide open in the slot when they're shooting. <laughs> you know, I was like, what are we doing? So it's a combination. The goaltending has not been Vassy-esque, best in the world. I mean, when you say best in the world, it should mean something, right? Yeah. It should, it's superhuman. And he's not been superhuman for a year and a year plus now because of this back injury. It's not the same old Vassy. And I think if you're going to boil it all down, that's it. You're, you're, you're number one, your defense has not been good enough. That's, you know, uh, data wise, incontrovertible. You're 23rd, 24th. You've been as high as 27th in defense. It's not good enough. So why are you having defensive breakdowns? Um, and I would say, number one, defensively, their positioning is terrible. And they are, they don't, they're don't, they're not aware of where the danger is coming from. They just constantly are not aware on the ice of, of the next guy. They tend to be puck starers, and that's cost them a lot. And then secondarily, they're not getting superhuman goaltending that they're used to getting. So that, to me, if you're going to boil it down, they're scoring fine. Um, that's it. And, you know, what is, and what, and what does that come from? Well, you lose a Ryan McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> Sergachev has been out. And I know he wasn't having a great season, but, you know, he's a great defenseman. He, he, he's a great offensive defenseman. He keeps the pressure on the other team. And, and more, more zone time for the Lightning means no, no zone time for the other team. So if the team is off. It's off right now. And Julian Brisebois has an opportunity here to go make some changes. Will it, will it you know, fundamentally change this team? It could. And here's an interesting thing, Tim. So they've got this homestand. They've got five games in 14 days. So they've got two four-day stretches where they're going to be practicing. Right. So if Breeze Ball were to make a move today, tomorrow, one thing that they could really uh, benefit from is practice. And they can acclimate these players who, if they've shipped some out, and they're, they're probably obviously going to have to to get something in return and bring some in, they'll have a rare opportunity within the season in a playoff chase to kind of assimilate those players into your system in practice, which is – you know, very rare. Yep. So, and I, you know, I'm sure they're, they're factoring that in. So they have an opportunity to kind of remake this team with 20 games to go, 22 games to go. They've got the salary cap room with the Sergeyev long-term injury. So Julian Breesbaugh has been historically very aggressive. So I, you know, I think, you know, keep your eye on the Twitter machine, the X machine, because something could pop. You think um, Vassy's hurt? Still, you think there's something wrong with him physically, or is he just off? He's well, he's not the same. I don't know that. You know, I'm not a doctor, but um, I know this: it's not the same guy. And there was a, there was a significant back injury, so right. you know, I think we can all do the addition on that. And it doesn't mean he's never going to be that guy again. I think yeah. this is very understandable when you have a severe back injury. And here's the other thing: it's Vassy. So he, you know, he came back. He wanted to come back as quick as possibly could. Right, he pushed the limits on everything, rehab, everything. Maybe they did too much. Yeah, I don't know. Or just maybe it takes longer than two months to get back to normal when you have an injury like that, which I think is much more uh, likely. Yeah, 
So, I mean, it's not out of the question. I mean, I, we see these guys back on the ice and we're like, oh, he's better. He's better now. You know, old Vassy, plug him in. No, he had a freaking, he had freaking back surgery. It's not, it's not like, you know, getting the cold. Yeah. So yeah. he, yeah, I think, I think there's probably going to be some recalculation here. Right. And um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if he gets better. And again, it sounds like we're putting it all on him. And we're not, right? At least it's not my intent. Um, it's just when you know it, it, when you rely on it for so long, and it's not what it used to be. And you ask me what the difference is. That's what I see. Yeah. And but again, how do you fault a guy for not being a superhero? And he's just you know below that now. The team, the other, you know, it's a, it's a team. The guys got to pick him up, play better in front of him. For God's sakes, let's let's try that. And, and see how that works. I think it would work pretty well. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Evan Klosky from Channel 10 is going to join us. Always love talking to him about all things Tampa Bay sports. He covers it all. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. We're local. Uh, we're good. And we get results. That's uh, the Scott Jeeves mantra. And he's been doing this for over 30 years here in the local area. Got an office downtown St. Pete, office downtown Tampa. It's as local as they come, folks. They know the uh, the area. They know the, the people that work in these uh, judicial systems. That's a benefit. No question about it. So don't you know, become a number at some huge law firm that loves to spend lots of money on commercials. It's the Jeeves Law Group, and they support your favorite show, right? So why wouldn't you go to them? Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Back in three with Evan Klosky. Stay with us. JP here for my friends at your local Synovus Bank, and I do mean friends, and I do mean local. One of the local managers in Tampa is John Acosta, big fan of the show, and I've known him for over 40 years. He's been in local banking since 1983. You talk about developing relationships. You don't stick around for that long unless you're doing things the right way and have a great reputation, and that's the focus company-wide at Synovus. Big enough to handle any complex international transaction, but small enough to answer the phone when you have an urgent question about your business or personal account. And for personal accounts, they have a very easy app that works great. You can do everything online. And for larger small businesses, you will get that personal touch and services to help build your business, taking your dreams and aspirations from the whiteboard to reality. We can make that happen. Let us show you how. For a get acquainted meeting to open a business or personal account, just call John or go to synovus.com to find out where your local branch is. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. BAMMC.com. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. 
She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging marketing and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Had uh, Chris Lugo on the other day. We had a great chat about supplements. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can go back to what show was that? That uh, Wednesday show? I think it was Wednesday show. Uh, that was the last time I was on, so yeah, it was Wednesday. Wednesday's uh, show at the end of the show, at the 11.45 mark. Because there's a lot of bad supplements out there. Um, so get the good stuff because you're wasting your money if you're spending it on some of this other stuff that we talked about. So uh, check that out. It's 1145 on the Wednesday show. You can go back on YouTube and watch that or on Twitter anywhere. Really easy to find. If you go um, back and watch that, too, you might get a little too much information or more than you wanted about my medical history. <laughs> that's true. That's entirely true, which was the fun part. B-A-M-M-C uh, dot com is um, where you can also I think he posted that on his website. So you can go get your appointment okay. there. And you can also uh, um, get your uh, get your appointment there. Watch the whole segment on on supplements, everything else. We're uh, waiting on Evan Klosky here to join us. I just I sent him the, uh, the the link late, so I'm hoping he got everything and everything is 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 hunky dory. Um, yeah, I think he did. Oh no, I screwed that up too. Uh oh. All right, entertain the people while I while we do this. Um, All right, let's go over some comments here then. Uh... Yes, do that. At the very at the very beginning, we were talking. You were talking about the stadium funding and the the finances behind it. We're gonna have, um, uh, we're gonna have on Tom Mullins here a little bit later in the show to talk mm-hmm. about some of that stuff. Thomas Caspar Rock ringed in and said a field of reams, which I thought was pretty pretty cute. You know, yeah, as far that as is good. The play on words. <laughs> uh, can't build museums in a stadium parking lot. Yeah, that's so dumb. It's so dumb. And then maybe my favorite, affordable subsidized housing embedded in $800,000 condos. Does anyone want to move in? It just, you know, it, it's it's such a political thing, right? Like we're, all right, so we have to, we, we're doing this big deal. And, you know, one of the reasons I got elected, Mayor Welch, was, you know, for to, affordable housing, equity for the black community. So we have to include that in the deal and on this property. No, you don't. <laughs> Why do you have to do that yeah. just to make the deal, it, the boondoggle deal look like it's like, oh, well, you know, they are giving us 50 million towards the museum, <laughs> but you're selling them the property at a $600 million boondoggle. So <laughs> I'll give you 50 million if you give me 600. I'm, I mean, I'll be that nice. I'll, I'll step up in that case. Uh, so that's just silly. It's just not good business. And, um, 
No, we'll get in more with that with uh, with Tom Mullins. All right, let's uh, welcome in our good friend Evan Klosky from Tampa Bay's Ten uh, Sports Anchor. There, oh, you coming to me live from the uh, from wow. the office there, huh? Yeah, the newsroom. Yeah, luck, luckily I live close, so I uh, yeah. I decided to come in. Make sure yeah. we get a good camera set up, a good audio. I like it. I like it. You got the backwards hat working. We got a little, <laughs> we got a little journalism field where I love it. I love it. Uh, like I'm wearing a hat every day. Tim's got his uh, skull cap on today. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're on TMZ right now. I'm trending in that direction. So does, let's it does TMZ. Yeah, it's got a TMZ feel to it right now. Mm. Are we going to have the guy in the background come on over and join it? And you're like, you'd be like, yeah. hey, Joey, what do you think you, about the you stadium? Well, yeah. you know, the, our, our new newsroom is so interesting because our, our studio is in yeah. the newsroom so i can't tell you how many times people just walk up and it's like you know you're doing work and people are ready to talk about what happened last night or whatever yeah. so yeah. you know you understand being the sports yeah. guy you sometimes get dra- you know you get caught up in conversations throughout uh throughout the while day while you're on the air yeah, yeah. Have you ever been doing your sports cast and somebody just walk up to you and go hey did you see the Rays game last night i'm like no i'm on the air yeah no L- luckily not not like that but certainly okay. beforehand it's like there have been sometimes I'm like in crunch mode and people yeah. are like, Hey, like what happened last night? Oh like, God. Yeah. Not the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, when I was at channel eight, our, 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 luckily our, we had a separate office in the back. Mm-hmm. So we would, you know, there was there wouldn't be people just, you know, but people would still stream in and it's like, you know, 1105 and I've got three VOs to cut still. Yeah. And they're like, do yeah. you think you should have pulled him in the sick? I'm like, bro, uh, yeah. I got, you know, but give me a, gotta table this, gotta we'll, table. We'll this. talk about this a little bit later on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, so you. we were just talking a little bit about the race stadium. I, I'd love to get your take on this. Cause you, mm-hmm. you've had a lot of thoughts on Twitter on this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having Tom Mullins come on after you. And I don't know if you've seen the no home run.com website, 2.4 billion mm-hmm. is the actual uh, cost for this to the public. Do you still have the same feeling about this project as you once did, or does that change your mind at all? Um, from from a perspective of it getting done, I, I still I still lean towards it getting done. I do find it a bit concerning when the Rays are asking fans, "Hey, send letters to your politicians to tell them that you want the stadium." To to me, that that shows a little bit of fear. Like yeah. we need to prove that people here want this, um, that it's not such a, a, a case closed sort of deal. Again, ev- eventually, I, I do think as the deadline, which is what Stu has been doing for 15 years here now, is playing his cards all the way up into the last possible moment. Right. You know, I think I think the deal is so sweet for him that. It, it, you know, given between getting it done and not getting it done, feel like at the last minute, maybe he'll capitulate on a thing or two, but, um, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's certainly with more time, right. I mean, the initial news came out said, Hey, we're here. You know, we have a press conference. It's going to happen. Now time has, has bled a little bit more. The people who are voting have looked into it more. One of the financials, those who have been delayed throughout the process, you know, things have been like, oh, we'll get it to you, we'll get it to you. So um, eventually I think it, it does get done. Whether I feel as confident in the plan or not is yeah. separate. And, you know, I, I do believe that things are getting you know, log jammed in there at the end to yeah. just say, Oh, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And, um, 
you know, that's just sort of been the cards that have been played for such a long time for our city. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, to me, this has gotten to the point of stadium fatigue for everybody. And I think so many people that didn't want it in St. Pete now are just like, just get it done. I don't care. We don't want you to move, so just mm-hmm. get it done. I think it's a false narrative. I still think, you know, they can, they can play in Tropicana Field for two more seasons if they needed to, you know. Yeah. Um, it just I would like them to do it right instead of do it, you know, and Stu's the, been the one has been the problem the entire time he's he's the problem he hasn't this is my opinion hasn't negotiated in good faith and that's why we are where we are so and this is just a terrible deal for st pete but we'll do more of that when tom comes on your thoughts on the rays on the field i don't know if you've been out of spring training yet but um this is a very interesting team i i like the fact that there there's some continuity to it because they won 99 games i would have liked to seen you know tyler glass now stay in the rotation but we knew that wasn't going to happen I think it's a very interesting team. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do too. And, you know, it's not surprising that a lot of people uh, on the outside looking at the race think they're going to suck. Uh, yeah. You know, that just, you know, yeah, every every year the the projections come out. I see 86 or something wins, and they, they go over it. Um, certainly, you know, the past few years we've been a little bit spoiled on, on the teams they presented and really knowing what we're going to get this year. I don't necessarily know exactly what we're going to find with this team. I am excited about it though. And mostly because of their depth. So yeah. a, the biggest worry that everyone brings up is starting pitching, which is, which is fair because they don't really have the high ceiling guy in glass. Right. Now they got, they got Eflin who, you know, by it, by the way, it was just a, a Cy Young caliber candidate yeah. last yeah. season. So, that, you know, can't, can't poo-poo that. But also, they have built uh, a lot of depth. I think they've gotten to the point where they said, you know, last year they had their five guys entering the year, right? Like, if these yeah. five stay healthy, you know, that is maybe the best rotation in all of baseball. This year, it's like, we're going to have a bunch of guys who are probably going to give – five innings a piece. Yeah. Um, and then we are going to use a, a handful of these bridge guys, whether that's, um, you know, an Armstrong, a Davinsky, you know, uh, Maton. I don't know if he's going to be a two inning guy or, you know, what, what it might be, but their bullpen is probably the best it's been entering a season in a very long time. Clevenger comes back. Uh, you know, you still got Jason Adam. You still have Fairbanks. Uh, so, so, and, and I, that's not to mention that there's going to be one or two guys that pop up this year that we've never heard of before right. or who are floundering with another team. And all of a sudden Ooh, they come over to the race. They're Japanese yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and so he's, you know, he's a great example of, of a kid when coming over here, it's like, look, look at our history. A starting pitcher is going to go down at some point, you know, not to mention Shane yeah. Boz is going to be worked up and mm-hmm. they're trying to build him up slowly because when they do let him come up, they want him to stay and go into the playoffs. So don't be alarmed if, Boz isn't up by like May or June. That's that's part of the plan, especially yeah. easing off of TJ. You're also going to get Jeffrey Springs in the back half of the year. Now, how much of that? We don't know. If right. you get an inning out of Drew Rasmussen, I take yeah. that as a plus. I'm yeah. not even factoring him into the equations. But they built out, um, even with Tyler Alexander, some other guys, they have safety nets on safety nets for right. when people go down. So yeah, that's, that's good. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's good depth um it's not sexy depth but it's good as far as the hitting is concerned there's a 
lot of depth there as well. Currently, when building out the opening day roster, you know, except the catcher, uh, building out the opening day roster, there's still a log jam. I don't know yeah. how Curtis Mead right now makes the opening day roster. And Who's starting at shortstop? Yeah, it's going to be Caballero to start, and I think they're going to use Caballero, Ahmed Rosario, yeah. to see how that works for a month while Taylor Walls is still on the shelf. Um, Walls might have to maybe even stay in AAA when he comes back for a little bit to figure out things. Yeah. The Rays are hoping that over the first 60 games of the season, I think, they get a large enough sample size to see how the pieces are falling and then they can manipulate things and make a trade here, move that person there. And I think everything's going to start crystallizing as the season goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see Caminero come up and we'll see all these players fit into a certain picture. Um, but right now it's just a bunch of guys who, you know, hey, um, you know, you we like Johnny DeLuca. What is he going to be? You know, right. Richie Palacios, we like him, we think, but what what is what does that mean? Uh, is Brandon Lau going to stay healthy? You know, um, how you know how am I going to get Caminero time? Uh, how am I going to get Aranda time if Harold Ramirez isn't isn't traded before mm-hmm. opening day? So there's just a lot of things where they have it all in this cauldron. And they're very good players when you put it into a, a, a stat sheet and an Excel sheet of how we can manipulate yeah. the lefties and the righties. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the Randys and the Yandys are concerned, there aren't that many stars to really boast about. And uh, I think that's maybe why some fans are worried. But I actually think this team is is going to be far better in the back half of the year and towards oh, a yeah. stretch run yeah. than maybe what we see in April versus like what we saw last year when they went out to that 13-0 and run. Yeah, I think you're right. Evan Klosky joining us here from WTSB Channel 10. Um, what did you make of the Bucks report card? Uh, I mean, this is kind of fun to talk talk about yeah. you're over there all the time do you feel a a, a mortal danger of your <laughs> um, your physical health when you walk in there i yeah you know i you know i to to a degree i i do like what, what rick stroud said you know it's millionaires complaining about billionaires yeah, i do like what yeah. booger mcfarland said on, on twitter is like some of these players need to go to what the old facility exactly like, they don't know yeah. what bad i was there is. Yeah, yeah so yeah so all i know is one buck and one buck right. is to me super Sweet. nice yeah it's a super it's awesome. nice facility um, it's awesome so you know the locker room is it the the fans like are there probably colleges around the country that have a better locker room than the bus yes absolutely so i'm sure some of these kids are coming up you know especially if you go to those premier programs where they dump a ton into these situations and then you go to the pros and you're not you know for lack of a better word coddled um and and that's kind of what you get but you know all that aside you know i think Mostly the grades that I like to look at, like head coach, how's your training staff, you know, weight room. Most of that they got, you know, CBA. Uh, So, you know, as far as like the child care stuff, the team has to work with those families. Who knows who they pissed off along the way with that, you know. And, And as far as the facilities are concerned, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's uh it's a joke. yeah so yeah i'm i i um you know always take those things with a grain of salt because you don't know who's filling them out who you know if you get usually people who are more pissed fill them out and people who are happy don't that's just the way that life is uh, yeah. you know, people like to complain they don't like to really give compliments so um but you know i'm sure they can improve and you know they released a statement which i thought was was actually pretty commendable on their part they didn't have to they didn't do it last yeah. year i don't think and i don't think they had to do it this year but yeah i'm not uh, i'm not overly too worried about the box i think from the from the people that i talk to from the people i'm sure you talk to a lot of those players are are, are pretty happy 
Yeah, I think they the all scenes. universally so, love the way the Bucks treat them and their yeah. families. I mean, these these, re- these report Bears. cards that I've seen, because I looked at, at most of them um, across the league, of course, here in Dallas for the Cowboys, it seems to me these report cards are more of a testimony to how spoiled some of the players really are exactly. Than, exactly. Than, than how bad facilities and teams are. I mean, that's it's, it's almost laughable reading some of these comments. Yeah, and and some sometimes it is a facility thing that they got to dig into. Yeah. I mean, those are good. It's always good to, to, to hear those things and to, to double check them. But in the grand picture, it's like not a. It's not that big of a deal, at least from the facility standpoint. Right. You know, if there were if there were like, you know, like with the Chiefs or something, where their training staff for the second straight year got an F. And, I mean, somehow they st- but they still win a Super Bowl. So it's like you know, fans shouldn't also should also believe like, oh, this like correlates to winning either. Obviously, it does not. So it's just you know, it's just creating happiness in a, in a workplace. Place. And no matter which locker room you step in, whatever office you step in, there are going to be certain complaints that are here that aren't there and right. everyone yeah. you know, different personalities. Yeah. It's interesting, though, you have you know, the Bucks charging $90 for childcare on a Sunday and yeah. a millionaire who's making, you know, however much money these football players are making complaining about it. Well, you know, we've got two parents working, paying three grand a month in healthcare and it's our childcare. And it's like, that's a problem. Exactly. And on, and on the face of it, it's like, if, you know, you can look at it and say like, it's a billionaire. It's not like you're really charging these guys 90 bucks for daycare. Understandable. I just, but it goes back to your point again, like these guys can pay for it. Like, they, you know, they can't ultimately, I'm not saying like, Look, it's a service that's offered free for most of most teams out there. The Bucks don't. Okay, you know that that probably pisses some people off. But are they okay? Like, are they really scratching around for those ninety bucks? No, they're not. So that's no, where you have to really good. understand, like, you know, the complaints and does that really affect their day to day or their 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 financial spreadsheet? And and it does not. So no. that's just reality. Funny, funny stuff. Reading some of the comments. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on where the Lightning are right now? Uh, it's go time right now. I mean, like, I don't know how many more times we can say that, but like, yeah. you know, this is, I said, entering this five game homestand, uh, they had to get seven points. They, they, they need seven and they already blasted right through their OT loss. Uh, yeah against the Sabres, which you were hoping that Sabres-Montreal would be win-win, and then you yeah. can play two of three on the backside. Now, Montreal's game is a must-win. Must-win. Um, so, you know, then you get Calgary-Rangers-Philly, or uh, Calgary-Philly-Rangers, and, you know, now you're going to go into that portion saying we need to at least maybe get five out of that. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that, again, if the Lightning can get to the playoffs, I don't think any team wants to see them, especially with the star power they have yeah. and the fear that Vassy can click at any moment, yeah. just yeah. like any other goalie out there in, in, in the league when it comes to playoff time, if Vassy clicks – like people are screwed. So, yeah. you know, there, there is a fear there, but they ha- they have to get there. Stamco's coming off his least productive month of his yeah. career next to uh, a rookie season. He had a uh, four points, you know, unlike Mike Evans, not really the contract year stammer uh, exactly. expected from him. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of an issue, especially with a minus 25. And I don't like to play into plus minuses too often, but when you don't play on the PK, when you're not out there too much on, on, um, on, on those, uh, those goals that you're really giving up, what yeah. you expect, like like a Brandon Hagel or a Nick Paul, your plus minus is going to get dragged down when you're getting on the PK. Stammer yeah. should not. Like he's got 51 points and he's a minus 25. That's he's been bad. on the ice for 76 goals. It's that's like bad. that's like that's just not good. So um, you know it really comes down to 
this team is incapable of not having its stars step up. You know, right. Kucherov doesn't get two points a night and they lose. It's like, you know, the, he's carrying the team. Brandon Hagel, I think, May that contract might be a, a steal when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but ultimately, I think that um, they. It's one of those things where I, I, I think the team has a chance. You think they make a big move? Uh, I th- what I think they do is I think they trade for a defenseman that's going to be here longer than a the year. They, right. Julian Brisebois cannot be making a win now move. He can't yeah. he, like whatever, and he usually doesn't. Usually, outside of like Savard, usually his trades are I got you this year, I got you next year. I mean, even with like Mikey Asmott, that was a little tiny deal that he's yeah. like, oh, this is a guy we're going to have cheap for next year. So he's very forward thinking. It's very clear they need defensive help. Um, and it sucks that Sergey's down, but the issues defensively were with Sergey as well. That's right. So, yeah. so they need a long-term answer there, and if they can find something that's fiscally responsible, uh, they can at least get through this year before making a really tough decision, which might come in the offseason because they have a surplus of money right now, and they can essentially make a deal with prospects and not worry about the money, and then in the offseason say, all right, we're keeping this guy, who are we getting rid of, and really figure it out from there. All right, Evan, give me some other stories off the beaten path that you guys have been working on. You can go USF, you can go uh, St. Pete Grand Prix, Valspar, yeah. where or high school, whatever you're doing. Give me, give me yeah. some other. Well, for, I mean, first off, you know the USF basketball team has been you know phenomenal. Um, That's an incredible story. You know, um, winners in, in 19 of their last 20 in the top 25. I mean, if we talked at this time last year, and if I told you, hey, USF, <laughs> this program's going to be a top 25 team next year. I mean, like exactly. You laugh, like it's just. I'd I don't say they think, did they hire Patino? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's my thing is I, I think you know when it comes to Amir Abdul Rahim is going to be a national coach of the year candidate. I don't know yeah. if he'll be winner. You think about Washington State, Kyle Smith, some people who are at bigger conferences. But what he has done on with a program that has just been dormant and dead for a long time, like it's truly insane what's going on right yeah. now. But it's also I'm I'm super interested what's going to happen. If it gets down to Selection Sunday, and let's say they go on a run where they they go undefeated and lose in the conference final, what is that committee going to do? Because their net rankings and everything that goes into it, it is not on USF's side. And we can all agree you should should be able to weigh in the fact that at that point they would have won like 23 or 24, whatever it is. Um, And that's important, and they are one of the best 68 teams. But – you know, when you look at historically where they are in net rankings and what that's going to look like, they're going to land very much on the outside looking in. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to have, they might have Which like crazy. one quad one win the show for it. So, yeah. you know, you, you wonder if the committee will, will allow themselves to be a little subjective with USF or are they going to rely on what we've always done and this is kind of how it looks and they're just, they're non-concept. They lost to some really bad teams and what they did in November is going to drag them down in March. Um, it really shouldn't, but it, that yeah. is the way it usually works. It's, I mean, you got, you got to open your eyes a little bit though, you know, 24 or 25 or whatever it's going to end up being. If they lose to FAU, a team they have, you know, they were up 25 on in a conference championship on a neutral site. How do you not still put them in? 
I don't know. Bizarre. And the, and the crazy thing is, is USF has to root for a scenario like facing FAU in the final because yeah, they do. Even, even if they lose, that's a quad one game. And so they can lose that close and it's still going to bring up their net ranking yeah, maybe to yeah. a degree because now their schedule just got tougher. I think hindsight is if they can go back in time, they would have maybe switched out a couple of non-con games for a tougher opponent. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the learning lesson here. And I don't blame them because, again, if I was Amir, if I was this university, and I was coming into this situation that's been really bad for a long time, I want to try to pad out some W's before oh, I enter conference season. Just get some numbers. Yeah. And and just yeah. try to get get my team feeling good about itself. Yeah, but absolutely. You know, now, now what they are is they're kind of – stuck and the, the way I make comparison to like the USF fans who complain about it when I explain the net rankings is you have to remember the Detroit Lions in 2022 we all thought that they were a playoff team when right. they beat the Packers in Lambeau and we were all yelling about it but they went one and six to start the year and in the end all, all the games do count into some yeah, degree and yeah. we can all agree that USF is a top 68 team that's an unequivocal fact to be honest um, mm-hmm. but but what you do in the beginning of the year, those games still count. If the Rays start 0-14 and, and go 14-0 and in September, they cancel out. Everything matters in the course of a season. Yeah. And that's just a reminder to everybody out there that, you know, even though you're not turning on the channel in November because you're still in football season, those games, games still count. count. They do. So, yeah. All right. Hey, tell us uh, before you go about the new mm-hmm. lightning show you guys are doing. Yeah. We're, uh, we are going to have the Bolts Breakaway show. Uh, we did it for four episodes last year just to kind of ease into the playoffs. This year we're doing it for seven. It's going to air on 10 Tampa Bay at 7.30 in the morning with a rerun at 10.30. Uh, we have some some interviews lined up with the players, David Sheely and myself. We did a car wash there at Amelie Arena during a, oh, during nice. an off day. And, and got uh, you know we got Braden Point. Uh, so that's that's going to be our our lead um, interview, and then we got we got a few few more coming along the way. We're going to have some guest appearances as well in studio, and we're just going to provide bolts content for our area, where you know I don't think anybody in the area really provides a long form show devoted to the Lightning, even though arguably they are our best franchise, our most successful franchise. Uh, certainly, when you we judge the history and Absolutely. certainly the most recent history. So we're going to delve deeper into them especially now with the playoffs completely in flux last year we were kind of we knew it was going to be the maple Leafs and lightning at this time you know now every week it's going to be okay what does this look like you know how do we judge this how do we look at that what happens when Janot is going to come back so we're going to delve into those those deeper topics that i don't i don't know that you necessarily get anywhere else maybe outside nhl network but even there they're not going to get into the nitty-gritty so no, again it's not much needed man not much yeah. needed 7 30 uh saturday mornings and 10 30 mm-hmm. we'll be watching for yep. sure thanks evan appreciate your time yeah. as always appreciate you guys thank you great stuff all right, we'll take a quick break to a station ID. When we come back, Tom Mullins is going to join us. He's done a deep dive into this Rays financial package in the new stadium. Some eye-opening stuff. Um, looking forward to this interview. Back in three minutes. Stay with us. This is The Strike. 1025 WHPT, HD2 Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete. 
JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rate, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Start the new year with a new diamond from the Gold and Diamond Source. It's still engagement season. Where better to get that special ring than the Gold and Diamond Source? Of course, I just got mine there. I'm engaged. You should do the same thing. Let's go. Gold and Diamond Source has the largest selection of engagement rings in the country. A literal jewelry superstore with 30 times the inventory of any normal jeweler and if you have a loved one or a special person in your life who has a birthday this month maybe you have an anniversary coming up you can get 15 percent off the january birthstone which is garnet as in garnet and gold for all your seminoles celebrate that mythical national championship and it's the golden diamond source's 40th anniversary for the past 40 years they have taken pride in offering only natural diamonds formed over billions of years from the earth's incredible forces and gold prices are at an all-time high now's your chance to turn your jewelry box into a cash machine it's the perfect time to trade in your broken or unworn pieces for something new and stunning. It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here on this uh, Friday afternoon. As we're going to de- delve into some uh, some topics here that uh, may be a little bit Deeper than just a basketball game, folks. Uh, and it's deep pockets that we're looking at. We're going to talk about the Rays baseball stadium deal. And joining me now is Tom Mullins, who is a retired Raymond James executive who has uh, worked in this field for a long, long time, knows a lot more about these numbers and how they work and how the sausage is made than I do. So, Tom, it's so great to have you on. Um, and uh, 
thanks so much for doing this and kind of explaining it to us meatheads here in the sports industry on on how this deal works. How you doing this morning? Hey, pr- pretty good, JP. Uh, uh, happy Friday. Yeah, so let, your, your website, by the way, is nohomerun.com. I invite everybody to go check that out because it's a real deep dive into these numbers. But just on the surface, what is what is your take on this Rays-Hines deal uh, and and why it's it's not the best way to develop this particular particular acreage. Okay, um, l- let me start by saying one you know kind of main message, which is I personally in our group we have no interest in seeing the Rays leave the market. We're right. we're all baseball fans. We all go to multiple games a year. We all think it should be a civic priority for you know Tampa, St. Pete, the other communities in the area to to keep the Rays in the market. So it, it's not uh, you know any sort of anti-baseball or, right. or issue like that. So the you know the the um, the the main uh, objections we have, uh, and then let me say among the people who are opposed to the Rays Heinz deal. They, they fall into kind of two camps. There's, there's folks who um, actually would like to see baseball, you know, stay in the, the downtown St. Pete area. Mm-hmm. They just think that the, the economics are wrong on this deal, that, right. that it's, it's, you know, it's an enormous giveaway from the taxpayers to, uh, to some people who, oh, yes, it know, is. Who, who probably don't need the money as bad <laughs> as the rest of us. Um, so, there's, yeah. so there's, yeah, so there's, you know, there's one group that again, wants to keep baseball in, in downtown St. Pete, but just is arguing or as opposed to the terms that have been right. proposed for that. And then there's another group and I'm, I'm in this group for sure. And, and JP, you may be in this group as well, uh, based on say, some of our chats, um, yeah. you know, the, where, you know, we don't like the, the economics, the deal, but we, really have issues with this this deal more uh, on, on, you know, more of a holistic basis. This is, you know, this is not the right location for baseball within the Tampa Bay market. Correct. Um, this is not the, uh, the optimal land use for the, you know, extraordinary 86 acres in yes. the core of downtown St. Pete. And... Um, and uh, and so that's that's the you know the, the, I'm in that camp and yeah. and I and I and I was in that camp before before I even heard you know what the proposed economic terms were in the term sheet that came out back in September and October of last year and uh, you know I like everybody else I was pretty shocked at, at the you know the size of the giveaway yeah so so I'd, you know I'd say that there's um, it, it's not really you, you, you know, in your lead in here, you said, you know, that there was some complexity and, you know, to the finances here and all that. It's, I don't really think it's that complicated. There's, there's, <laughs> there's kind of, there's three, there, there's kind of three main reasons to, to, I think, to oppose the, the Ray Hines deal. Um, and, you know, the, the first has to do, um, and maybe not in the, you know, maybe these aren't in the order of importance, but the, the first has to do with, you know, this isn't the right solution, the redevelopment solution for downtown St. Pete. You know, downtown St. Pete, who would have thought 20 years ago that it would turn into this super hip, you know, walkable, yeah. Yeah. amazing neighborhood and all that. This is, this is, 
you know, this is one of the, you know, absolute hottest real estate markets in, in the whole United States today. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's the place, you know, everybody's moving to Florida and, and once they cross the, the state line, they, you know, they either want to go to St. Pete or Tampa Bay or, or it was, you know, this is or one Randall. of the top spaces. Yeah. So, yeah. so there, and there is, you know, there is no, urban planning textbook in the world that tells you that the right thing to do with 22 acres in the core of a, of a super hot real estate market is to put a baseball stadium there or, or any kind of stadium there. But, you know, this, this sports stadiums are relatively low intensity, low job creation, low value type of type of land use. And, and they require, you know, thousands and thousands of parking spaces, automobile yeah, parking spaces exactly. to be used. This, this is wasted a lot of wasted space. Yeah, yeah. This is not. This isn't what you do with with this. You know, this twenty two acres. It is so. So that's 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 you know kind of. And strike, if I could just strike butt in here just yeah. a little bit because I, I I know I can hear my listeners out there and what they're saying. So that twenty two acres, and, and we all agree we want to have baseball. It is as you mentioned, it's a civic pride thing. It's it. I think it's a big part of why people live here to have pro sports. But I always my I say it just has to be done in the right way. And in this particular place for the city of St. Petersburg, they don't need a stadium. And I think this is your point about the real estate market. They don't need a stadium no. to make that area better. In fact, it's it's better if it doesn't have a stadium because number one, from a financial standpoint, those twenty two acres you could sell for how much? Oh, I think it's uh, twenty million an acre. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, land adjacent to the trops to the gas plant site today is you know is trading hands at at, at twenty million dollars an acre. It's <laughs> so you it's, the Rays get this basically for free. They don't pay any real estate taxes on it, right. which that would normally bring about four hundred and eleven million dollars. I think you said yeah. Yeah. so four hundred eleven million dollars that would be coming into the coffers. The the St. Pete gets nothing on that for thirty years, and they get the the wonderful enjoyment of paying seven hundred plus million to build help build the structure on there, which right. is not going to provide jobs or any tax money. That's a right. huge that's a huge net loss, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, you just I mean you you that was a good summary. Like the second reason to oppose this really is just the the economics. I mean it's yeah. uh, it's an extraordinary giveaway, you know, from people with. Uh, relatively average income to people with, you know, yeah. with, with fantastic uh, wealth. And, uh, and yeah, the components of that are, are simply that you're, you're, you're taking the, uh, the well, the, the city is, is funding a portion of the construction cost right. of roughly $300 million. That, that $300 million, they are going to borrow. Right. Because uh, they don't have the money. They're going to borrow it. And the to repay that debt plus the interest on it over time is about seven hundred million dollars. It's, it's an extraordinary <laughs> amount of money for a, a city. Uh, you know, here's a little known trivia for you, JP. The, the, the entire uh, all the all the property taxes paid by everyone, every business, every resident in the city of St. Pete is only about two hundred million dollars per year. This is per year. Yeah. And you're gonna get, and you're gonna pay out seven hundred so million. So, yeah, so this is a seven hundred million dollar obligation they're taking on. Then you got, uh, yeah, and like you said, you, you're taking, you know, there's there's twenty two acres of prime downtown. So for you know thir- somewhere thirty to forty years, you're not getting any property tax on that. If it was developed, you know, using an alternative use, you'd be getting property tax. That's a four hundred million dollar hit right there. And then 
the big giveaway is really the the other 64 acres of the trop site which are being given to the uh, you know, the Ray Hines organization for uh, you know by our math uh, you know at least 500 million dollars under market it's an enormous giveaway so they're buying it for 155 million that's their discount yeah. and and it normally would go on the market for 600 plus million yeah, the, well, the whole site we think is worth at least seven seven hundred million. We think it's pretty easy to to. to you know, I, won't, I won't go into the methodology, but it's pretty easy to defend that that number. And, um, and why would the, they do like why one hundred fifty five million on that acreage? What what is the Ray's Hines Group giving the city that would justify such an incredible sweetheart deal? The fact uh, that the Rays aren't leaving and they're building a they're giving them fifty million dollars for a museum. I, I, that's, that is the, uh, the, the only thing I can think of is that the, um, you know, you, you, you have, uh, you know, you have some people in city government and you also have, you know, a pretty strong fan base in St. Pete. Yeah. That well, is just, I, I, would, I would argue that. <laughs> well, not, well, it's, uh, they're, they're maybe they're, they're small, but they're loud and influential. <laughs> And it's, I, I would you know, I would agree with that. But yeah. you, you and about 25 other people are the only one. I don't even think you have season tickets. St. Pete season ticket holder, you know, I think you could have a small banquet uh, in a 50 head room. And that's it. That's one of the big problems. Yeah. It's a failed location and nothing against the city of St. Petersburg, but most of the people who live there don't support the team. Exactly. And they live closest to the team. Yeah, JP. No, that's and that's the third reason. I mean, that it, you know, there's there's the you know, it's the wrong wrong thing for the gas plant site. It's the the terrible economic deal, and then the third thing, you know, again is is really it's just it's not the right solution for baseball. We've yeah, you know, this is a, a plus twenty year experiment. The experiment's been run. Yeah, you know what the outcome was. The outcome yeah. was no nobody. You know, nobody, you know, the, the it's hard to get to just, during the week. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, really hard to get to during the week. I know you and, can ride your bike, but most of us can't. Right. And it's, you know, what's the first rule in real estate? You know, location, location. location. <laughs> you're putting the thing about this. You're putting the stadium at the southern, you know, close to the southern tip of a peninsula surrounded <laughs> on three by sides water. by water. Right. And the only way to get on the peninsula is like through these chronically congested bridges. So, yeah. you know, it's it's. It's not. So no, it's not the smartest idea in the world. No, yet, no, here we okay. go. And there's yeah. other locations. And the problem, you know, I think part of the the problem you've had in the process here is the raise is as long as someone's dangling this enormously valuable, uh, you know, you know, prize for them. You know, all the this acreage downtown. As long as that's that's actionable for the raise. They're never going to have a serious negotiation with anybody at, you know, Derby Lane or at, uh, you know, the, 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 the Carillon the, site. Yeah, yeah, or the Carillon site or the old Airco golf course or, you know, or anybody in Tampa. You know, you could put this thing. Yeah, you could you could put it uh, next to the Buck Stadium uh, and, and share that parking resource, you know, if it was. If it was uh, Asia, you know, they'd uh, they uh, landfill they they'd, they'd landfill a few acres in the middle of the bay and they put it in the middle of the bay. <laughs> and nice. I'm, I'm I'm serious. That's how. The, yeah. You know, a lot that's of what the, they do. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a lot what of they the do. airports in Asia are built on landfill. And then anyway, it's uh, so there, there's there's alternatives. But you know, if if you've got you know if you're the Rays and you've got a chance to get this enormous financial prize, um, you're you're not gonna. You know, you're not going to have conversations like that, and 
go around telling people that, oh, well, there's, you know, there's two other alternatives. Um, they, so, they want people to think that this is the only, the only yeah. chance. Yeah, this is the last chance. And Tom, there, you know, with this deal being so bad for the city, I mean, there, to me, there is, this is a problem because we, you know, we don't know where things are going politically in this country. I could, the economy could really, really tank. I mean, we, we there are a lot of people in your business that, that are forecasting this, correct? Yeah. So if you get into a deal like this and, you know, the, it, the projections all change, right? Projections all yeah. change. You yeah. could be, you could be sitting here, the city of St. Pete and Pinellas could be sitting here with this, with this enormous white elephant and you've got, you, you can't turn back half the stadium's done. Um, I mean, this Am I wrong? I don't want to be, you know, crazy about this, but this is you. You get into an agreement like this; it's so long term, and things change quickly. This could be a disaster for the no, city and county. Exactly. Now, JP, you're you're you're, uh, you're segueing to two important points on this. First is the, um, you know, if you do this deal with the Ray's Hines, you're you're basically locked in to them for uh, for 40 years it's a 30-year deal with two yeah. five-year extensions for the raise signs <laughs> so it's a lot it's an e and and that means that for this enormous chunk of of downtown in one of the hottest real estate markets on the east you know on the east coast you can't if you're the government even if you're the mayor a future mayor you can't make a move without you know, without the cooperation of the the raise signs, so you're so so people aren't giving enough weight to this this element of the deal. Is that if you if you go the other way, like we want to go, which is just you know develop it kind of parcel by parcel with you know independent guys, the same way most of St. Pete got developed. Yeah. Then if as time passes, if you know the city's objectives, uh, you know change. You can be t you. You have con the city has control of that. They very nimble. Control. You can yeah, be very nimble. Control. You can move and adjust with right. what's happening in in the, in the economics. Uh, you know what happens culturally. Maybe, you know, three or yeah. four years, we may say, you know, you know, uh, pickleball things aren't great anymore. So you know, <laughs> this is we. You know, what's really big now is volleyball or whatever it is, or a convention yeah. center. Maybe they want to build a convention center, um, which would obviously be much more profitable and put more heads in beds. Um, yeah. create way more jobs, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I, and that's and, – and all of these other projects, money's coming in. Like, yeah. big money's coming in. Yeah. Big money ain't going out. And as I – you know, I famously refer to this because I was in Atlanta when the Braves did their deal, you know, behind closed doors in like three months, and it's turned out to be a tremendously profitable deal for Cobb County, and yeah. despite what you might read in the Atlanta Journal and Constipation. Uh, did I get that right? Journal constant. Yeah. Um, it's been enormously profitable for the cities, for yeah. Cobb County schools and the Braves and the fan base. The fan base love. I mean, we 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 don't even talk about what's best for the fan base. Eighty percent of the yeah. fans wanted in Tampa, right? It's and that should matter. That shouldn't matter. That's my big thing here. Is what I'm doing. I don't I don't dislike St. Pete. I love St. Pete, and I want what's best for St. Pete and any baseball stadium. But I also want what's great for baseball. And for yeah. baseball to thrive in Tampa Bay, it needs to be in the middle of the market in, in a positive place where you, all of these things that we're talking about in the Tampa deal, by the way, is a long-term deal. It's a public private, a true public private partnership where both sides get something out of it. This is an extremely one-sided deal, as you have pointed out. Yeah. So that's, that's where so much of this is, I, I think bad and politically moving forward, Tom, we now have, 
I mean, this, this is why your information is so important. The city of St. Pete, the city council, the county commission has to approve all this money. So this is far from done. How, as we move forward, how does this information that you, that you've put out there, your website, and tell me about the league of women voters, uh, uh, survey that they did and how this affects the whole dynamic politically. Well, that that's part of the reason I think that, uh, you know, we are g- getting some momentum and, you know, the, the city council members are readily taking meetings with us. And, um, and, and I think uh, a lot of them are showing us this is, is because, I mean, you can document now that just the, the degree to which this is unpopular with the voters. Yeah. I, I mean, there is, you know, like this, uh, this just happened last week, actually, the League of Women Voters did a, you know, pretty, uh, a pretty heavy uh, survey of, I, I think they sent out, uh, they got 800 responses, they sent out a, a survey to the 39,000 voters that they had email addresses for, they got 800 responses. And there were a handful of questions about the Rays-Hines deal. And on virtually every question, the opposition was was in the range of 80% to 20, 80% opposed to 20% for it. I mean, that 80%. is... 80%. Yeah, and that's that never, you know, think about that. There's no issue. What other issue no. in, no. you know, in, on the landscape today do 80% of the voters agree on? None. Like, like None. nothing. None. So, so that's the sort of thing I think that's going to strike a chord with, um, you know, with some of the people that are in elected office today. They, that's impossible to ignore. I mean, that is, there cannot be a more clear signal as to, you know, as to what, you know, what people simply, you know, are, are, are thinking and, and, and what their preferences are on this issue. So, so I Tim, think that, that really helps. Tim, do you have any questions? My, my partner here, Tim, uh, is in, lives in Dallas and has been covering sports forever. They build stadiums like uh, like they're building parking lots over there. You know, we can't seem to get one done. They built like seven baseball stadiums. Tim, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the whole time I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about this is, is you know, location, 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 right? So, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth is a, is a big metropolitan area, obviously, right? So our major market teams – built right in between Dallas and Fort Worth in a suburb named Arlington, which is also where our uh, local international airport is. You know, everything is right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, When the Texas Rangers moved here from Washington in 1972, that's where the first stadium went, even though it was, you know, much different time back then. And they've stayed there. We're now, we've now built two baseball stadiums in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and we still have both of them. They're right next door to each other. They just repurposed, you know, the old one. But it just seems like um, an obvious thing to most outsiders looking in that, that location, 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 if you're going to draw the fans. And it's for that to be happening in Tampa the way it's happening. And, you know, first of all, it started with the Trop being a wreck to begin with, I think, back in, what, 1990 or whatever, when it, yeah, it yeah. opened with no team and really no purpose for it. Right. But but now you guys are still kind of suffering through where it is and, and, the, and the struggles of, of that. But it just it's it just shows the, the greediness, I think, of the, of the ownership group to say this is what is best for us and this is what's best for Tampa, to put it, and I love the way Tom put it, at the bottom of a peninsula in the southernmost <laughs> point of our region that's locked by just bridges that are hard to get across. And, you know, it's like it just seems so obvious to the rest of the country what's going on. 
and and it's I feel really bad, man, for Rays fans and for everybody over there that's having to deal with this because it just yeah. it just seems like it's a mess. And it's well, Tim, it, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like the lesson from you know from the Dallas Fort Worth area is you know, and this is like it shows how maybe naive and idealistic or you know we are, but it's you know. Part of the problem is, you know, greed at the government level. You know, you got somebody, you know, trying to, trying to hog. The, you know, Tampa Bay is only going to ever have one major league baseball franchise. Sure. Yeah, that's right. just the, that's just the the way it is. And you know, to try to hog that to one distant corner of the market, it, you know, just just it doesn't seem like the the right thing to do from a public policy standpoint. And it sounds like what happened in da- I don't know Dallas Fort Worth, you know. To, uh, in detail, but it sounds like at least there was a little bit of like altruism there where people in like the leaders in Dallas and Fort Worth figured out, you know, Hey, maybe, you know, we could hog this to, to one side or the other yep. of the market, but the right thing to do put it in the to, middle. To, is to optimize fan access to this team and to put it in, put it in the middle. And, yeah. um, and, 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 you know, and, and it's, in Dallas, also, excuse, yeah. excuse me, in Dallas, do they and do you guys have a, a conglomerate that takes all? I think it's eleven counties. I'm not sure what their metro area is, but did that they all put in for the stadium, or is it just our the city of Arlington? How city, does that of Ar- work? city of the Arlington. City of Arlington. They did. They just do a lot. It was all the city, and you know, and the Cowboys yeah. now who played in obviously downtown Dallas and Fair Park whenever they started, and then moved in '71 to a suburb Irving, but still very close to Dallas. In 09, when Jerry Jones built the new Cowboys Stadium, guess what? He put it in Arlington because he realizes, hey, look, there's, you know, 11 million people around here. Let's let's be in the, middle. in the middle. Let's yeah, draw from yeah. everybody. So Jeez, it's what a, what a concept. Yeah. What a concept. Because yeah. yeah. fish don't buy tickets, I found out, you know. <laughs> The dolphins and they don't they don't they don't buy season tickets. So if you put us if you surround a stadium by water, it's not going to help your attendance any. Um, one other thing I wanted to uh, say, Tom, is um, you know, and, and I was bringing up the Atlanta example because what they did was they moved. They did a big you know uh, uh, survey and said all our fa- all our fans are in the northern part of of Atlanta. Why don't we move the stadium where our fans are? That mm. might be a good idea. And then the public-private partnership, which was great. And the mayor of Atlanta, unlike Mayor Welch, said, look, you know, to the Braves, like, I don't have $500 million to give because I've got to give some money to the Falcons over here downtown. So if you guys want to build your own stadium in Cobb County and let them handle it, all good, man. Yeah, it's still in Atlanta for the, you know, metro area. Braves fans can still go. That works for me. And here we have, and I don't don't want to pick on Mayor Welch, but we already have – a mayor and a government body that's like, no, 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 no. We got to hold on to this at all costs. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's, you know, it's a terrible deal for us for, for what reason your yeah. constituents can still cross the bridge or maybe not even cross the bridge and go to a better location. What are we doing here? Well, Is it I think just about ego? Yeah. Well, I think it's fear, you know, it's fear that uh, you, you don't want to be the, 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 the mayor that, you know, the mayor that lost the race, you know, and uh, or that lost. Well, that baseball. didn't happen in Atlanta. Everybody, yeah, uh, no, good no, job, no, Kareem Jackson. No, Smart. No, that was right. I mean, yeah. maybe that there's a maybe there's a good lesson in there for yeah. you know for the St. Pete government. You know, the other the other lesson from Atlanta is that you know, I mean, Turner Field was uh, nothing wrong with that facility. Perfectly fine. But it, but Turner Field, I think, showed you that. Uh, baseball again, just be, by its nature, it is not a high job creation you know, high, it doesn't spin off a lot of economic activity. 
you look at stadiums like Turner Field, Turner Field, you know, really did nothing to sustain economic health in Atlanta. That part of Atlanta is, you know, is, is suffering. I think it wasn't in great shape before. Right. It, and the, the stadium did nothing to help it. Nothing. You know, certainly like Camden Yards is doing nothing to, you know, to help with, uh, you know, I mean, Baltimore is a disaster now. Camden yeah. Yards is doing nothing to help it. Comiskey Park, I'm from Chicago, Comiskey Park has never, you know, had anywhere near the impact needed to help, you know, the south side of Chicago economically. It's It's just not in the nature of the beast that baseball baseball is just not, it just doesn't create. Well, a I would, I would argue the nationals, stadium. the national stadium um, I think did, a, did a great job. I think the Houston stadium did a great job. The Denver stadium did a great job. St. Louis. St. Yeah. Louis. Um, yeah. I think there have been instances, but these, these particular places, they did it in the right way. And the, in the public private yeah. partnership was really, really well done. Um, it was areas that weren't, you know, giving off any real estate taxes that the Lodo area in Denver was completely blighted. And now it's, you know, one of the hottest real estate markets with Coors Field. So I think there's there's ways to do it the right way. Um, but if, everything is specific and individual. And, yeah. you know, that in those areas, they were never going to be they were never going to be hot real estate markets like yeah. St. Pete. They were yeah. never nobody said in the, where the National Park is. Oh, one day we're going to make this a real trendy <laughs> Like, yeah, that was yeah. never happening. But yeah. in St. Pete, it is. So yeah. it's a totally different deal. And I think that matters. I think yeah. that matters tremendously when you're looking at, you know, and comparing different sites. So I think baseball can do that. But in this particular case, it doesn't make any sense financially and no, no. in, in, in any and in, in, in for baseball. But those are in all those places that I just talked about. They put the stadium in accessible areas like like uh, in Denver. You've got three or four different um, interstates coming in there. It's easy in, easy out. Same thing yeah. to some of these others. Not the case in St. Petersburg. It's a failed location, and you're putting ba- you know good money after bad money, and, yeah. and it's just that's why it's a disaster. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's another you know another part of the issue here is that St. Again, St. Pete is not a big city. Doesn't have a ton of money, Mm-mm. but they're sitting they're sitting on 86 acres. On a gold mine. That is at an absolute gold mine. So what do you, you know, first, first rule of, uh, you know, wealth, uh, well, you know, of holding wealth, I, you know, I'm an old banker. That's what you um, do. Yeah. Is you, you know, you don't, you don't bet the whole, the whole thing on one stock or on, you know, on, on one little company or something, you know, which is what St. Pete is doing. They're taking this, this, great this whole, they're taking this whole windfall and they're, you know, they're betting the whole thing on, you know, on one baseball-centric development concept, and that is, you know, boy, that, uh, that that flunks investing 101 for sure. You know, it's, 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 that's a great point. That's, yeah. a, that's a great point to leave it there, Tom. Uh, they're flunking investment 101. Yeah, we yeah. can, and I think the big message in nohomerun.com is the website is we can do better. We all love yeah. baseball. We want to keep baseball. This is not the deal for us. This is a deal for Stu Sternberg and his partners. Um, and that's, well, he doesn't have any partners anymore. They sued him. Um, yeah. and that's another thing, Tom, if you're going to do a deal this big, like the biggest yeah. deal in history of Pinellas and, and, and St. Pete County, do you want to enter in with a guy who's being sued by his partners? Then the yeah. way that that lawsuit looks and what he's done to his partners, allegedly, you want to do, you want to do the biggest deal in your history with a guy with that track record, track record. And yeah. also who has literally told you to your face 
you're ugly and we don't want you. Oh, and then <laughs> you literally yeah. said that to St. Pete. You're ugly. We don't want you. It'll never work here. And then you shower him with cash. And now he says, oh, oh, wait a minute. You're hot now, honey. You look really good. <laughs> you look really good in that $2.4 billion dress. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, uh, Stu Sternberg, but I, I, I do like your uh, metaphor there. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, the, uh, exactly. Yeah. The, but, yeah. I mean, investment 101, know yeah. who you're dealing with, right? Know yeah. who you're getting in bed with. Yeah. Yeah. No. That might be important to know as well. Yep. All right, Tom, listen, uh, any anything you would like to tell the audience as far as where they can find you guys, what they can do, take the survey. I think you guys got a petition on the website as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, it doesn't, it's only a few clicks to uh, to participate and, you know, make your voice heard. Um, and, and actually, JP, it's it, some of the, you know, it's, it's some of the hardest people to reach for us are, are really the, the uh, the the real hardcore baseball you know baseball enthusiasts you mm-hmm. know baseball at all costs type people that's why I'm I'm real grateful to to be on your show because I think your show probably has some of those folks in the audience yeah, we do. I would just I would just ask those people to be uh, be open minded about this and um, and uh, you know really. Uh, know that we we still support baseball uh with a lot of enthusiasm but this is just the wrong redevelopment concept uh for the city it's the the wrong solution for baseball long term when you look at the interests of of the whole the whole market area and uh, and obviously it's a a very very troubling economic yeah. deal so we we you know we really ask them to uh to you know to look at these issues and if they agree with us to uh you know, to raise their hand, you know, respond yeah, to sign the petition. Yeah. 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 Sign the petition or, or better yet, tell your councilman to, uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to oppose this. Do what yeah. Brian Ald and Stu Sternberg asked you to do. Contact your city councilman. Yeah. 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 No, they just yeah. want you to do it if you support the deal. Yeah. But we're telling you whether you support it or don't, let them know what you feel because yeah. 80% of you we know don't like the deal. So make sure yeah. you let your councilman know. Yeah. how you feel about the deal. Thanks, yeah. Tom. Appreciate it. Good. All right, guys. All right. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, digest this a little bit. We'll hit the comments. If you guys have some comments on this, uh, hit us up on Twitter at FanStreamJP or in our YouTube chat or Facebook chat. You can do it there as well. Uh, quick break. Back in three. Stay with us. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain 
pain and suffering and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging, marketing, and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rate, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done, and guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work she did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money, and that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. It will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Synovus Bank, the big bank with a local bank feel. Saw my buddy John Acosta last night, one of the managers over there. Uh, he'll be on coming on the show next week just to chat about uh, Florida State, which, of course, he loves to talk about, and uh, what's going on in the economy. We try to keep you people up to date on everything, not just sports, but what's happening out there, real estate, things that you're interested in. So hope you enjoy the Synovus Bank, synovus.com. Uh, move your business there, move your personal there. Great customer service. It's what we love about Sonova's Bank. Good local people over there. Um, all right, Timmy, uh, did you learn anything there? Man, or- I tell you what, this thing's more messed up than I even thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the, it- I don't know, man. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's from an outside standpoint, right? Because, I mean, it doesn't involve me one way or the other. Right. But, but- uh, by the way, I just blasted out the uh, link to the petition and the, the nohomerun.com oh, cool. website. Um, I tagged JP and the and the JP Peterson show on it. So yeah, you guys sure. head over to Twitter if you want to find a link. 
Just did that. All right. Yeah. And it's really interesting website. Sign that position too. Um, all right. Getting back to the uh, sports end of it. Uh, any breaking news? Anything happened while we were away on that deal? Just more Mike Florio comedic tweets, you know, about Caleb Williams and his <laughs> lawyer thoughts on things. Yeah. Okay. No, no worries. I just like to know, like, I want to go do a deep dive on how Mike Florio got to be where he is right now. Cause he's just, a, he's just an attorney, right? Like, he was a guy who was an attorney who had a you know a fetish for NFL football. Started a website, um, you know NBC bought it, and then it blew up. No different than Clay Travis with Outkick.com yeah. or uh, El Presidente at, at um, a bar stool. Right. I mean, these guys were they started websites and people gravitated towards them because they they're moving away from ESPN and the mainstream media. Yeah, and good they, timing. People, they they brought an art alternative. Uh, take um, and you know it wasn't corporate media a lot of what we're trying to do here on a local level so I think I think that's and that's how Mike Florio got so big yeah. thanks <laughs> to NBC nice that always helps yeah that's true I think that's part of it um, yeah so we, we want to talk a little bit about the Bucks too at the combine because um, they've been interviewing edge rushers for the past couple of days. And uh, one of the guys that's linked to them, you know, and of course everybody knows I, I love my Florida State Seminoles, uh, is Brandon Fisk, their inside defensive tackle, who is just a monster um, and plays with just such intensity. And a guy that you could probably get, I know you can get him at probably in the second round, might even slip to the third round. And I know that's a guy that they interviewed and they, they really, really like. Um, there are some other edge rushers out there that I think it's just, it's not a great class. I think Jared verse ran a five, uh, I mean a four, five, six, right. You know, 280 pounds. Um, he'll be gone well before the bucks pick, but, um, you know, I think, I think there's, um, I think there's going to be some value in this. Everybody says it's not a great edge rushing draft, but you know, the more guys I see up there that, um, that the bucks are interviewing, um, no, I think they may, they may, they may find themselves one late to Leatu Leatu from uh, UCLA is a guy that, you know, he's, he's had some medical issues actually had to retire from football for a little while. So you don't know how that's going to affect this draft style, but that guy is from a physical standpoint, Phenomenal. Uh, Adisa Isaac from Penn State, who's the opposite end of Chop Robinson. Um, you know, Chop gets a lot more probably press than Adisa Isaac does, but I think the guys at Pewter Report, especially who's listening to their podcast, they really love Adisa Isaac and what he brings. Um, Western Michigan, Marshawn Neyland is a guy that um, the, the, the Bucks had a formal interview with as well that is kind of moving up the draft boards, you know, from a smaller school that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not – saying he's going to uh, be that, that Shaq Barrett 19 and a half sack guy, but he's got some, some interesting uh, metrics about him really long, long arms uh, coming off the edge, something that the, the bucks really haven't had since Simeon rice. So I think there's some guys on this, in this draft that can help them. Did you see uh, chop? So chop Robinson at Penn state, he's a, he's a Maryland guy. And uh, he was talking to, I forgot who he was talking, probably pro football talk, who knows, uh, about, you know, the possibility maybe of being there for the Ravens uh, late in the first round. And mm-hmm. uh, he goes, man, you know, I would love to go back and I would love to play at home. I would love to play with Lamar Jackson and be on his team. I'm going to make my mark in, in Maryland in pro football one way or the other if they don't draft me. I promise I will have 10 sacks a game against Lamar Jackson every time I play the Ravens. 
I mean, he wow. was just out there like, like I'm going to do it one way or the other, either on your team or not on your team. So draft me if you can. <laughs> uh, how would Ravens fans look at that? I mean, I would I would kind of say, that guy's a dog. Let's go get him. Let's keep him from beating up our quarterback. That's exactly how I another. see it. You know, I wrote a piece about it over at ravencountry.com, and, and, you know, we had a lot, quite a few comments on it, and they were like, oh, my God, go get this guy. I love this fight, you know. Yeah. So. Um. Back to the back to the uh, the bolts as well too because I wanted to get to the, some of the post game here. Um, John Cooper spoke last night. The bolts lose three two in overtime to Buffalo, a team that's uh, not currently in the playoff picture and probably not going to get there. They had a two one lead going into the third. Uh, they give up a power play goal to Tage Thompson with eight twenty seven remaining, um, which came after a, a weird high sticking call on Braden Point. It just weird not i won't call it a terrible call but just kind of a weird call you'd have to see it but then you know the the penalty kill doesn't get the job done Vassy gets beat short side blocker on a great shot by tace thompson but still you know you want you got to have you got to have a save at that spot they go to overtime uh, the lightning actually got a couple of shots at the puck but did nothing with it i mean you gotta you gotta be more uh, I just didn't think they were very aggressive in overtime with their attack at all. It was just kind of discon- discombobulated. Um, you know, they think they had Kucherov and Hedman and Stamkos out there early on, and it just and, and Buffalo kind of sat back. You know, a lot of times you see teams will go out into this you know man and man and chase chase guys around. Buffalo just kind of once the Lightning got the puck, they kind of sat back in kind of a you know a three man zone. In, in front of uh, Luke, uh, Lukanen and, and just kind of waited for them to come. And the, the, the Bolts didn't even get a shot on goal. And then um, they go the other way, and Thompson's kind of got a little bit of a breakaway. Kucherov hooks him in the hands. Obvious call. They go to, uh, they go to the, the power play in overtime. And that's where Buffalo executes really, really well. Darlene's at the top. You know, the four-on-three is so hard to defend. He kind of passes it over to um, – I forget exactly uh, – it passes it to the wing. And then he cuts to the net and gets inside position on Glenn Denning. And then it's just a backdoor pass and it's just a pop-in for Darlene. Really, really well executed. And Glenn Denning, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to fall to defense four on three, but it seems like they could have done a better job than that. So it's a, it's a three to two overtime loss. You get a point. Um but you know, after winning eight straight in a row at home, now they've lost four in a row, and two of those losses, even though they got a point last night, were to Ottawa and Buffalo. Yeah, and that's just that's just and then you got Canadians coming in Saturday, and you got to get two points there. You got to get two points there. So let's uh, let's listen to the post game. I think we got uh, Braden Point in here, uh, Mitchell Chafee, who got a goal last night, played really well. I thought uh, the rookie's got three goals now. And his limited playing time this year. So let's uh, let's listen to the guys and then Cooper at the end. Okay, Brayden, you guys have the lead in the third, and then the penalties cost you. Is this one going to be a tough one to digest? Sure to see a valley sport. Yeah. Um, I, t- I took a penalty there, kind of an unfortunate one. And the guys behind me, but still a high stick, and then they score on it, and then we get the chance to to uh, to come back with a power play of our own, and then we don't execute. So that that part that part hurts for sure two games now the third period hasn't been your best so it used to be a strength of yours what's kind of turned that mindset around well, I, I don't know I think we're working I think we're doing the right things it's just whether it's bounces or pucks going in for them and not for us I, again I, there's a lot of our game I like tonight just you know it's a tough one a tough one to take this time of the year is hard not to get frustrated well yeah we need these points so yeah we need the points so it's, it's 
tough to lose the points. Um, yeah, that's, it's tough to lose the points. Four straight loss at home here now from the previous homestand. How do you turn Trying back to being a place, home place? Hard not to throw anybody under the well, bus. I think for a lot of the game, yeah. it was. Uh, I think we carried a lot of the play tonight. Um, did a lot of good things, and then, yeah, took a penalty, and, and they scored on it. And then took one in OT. And Just touched on it. You guys did a lot of good things tonight, but you only get one point. How do you digest this game? Mitchell Shafee. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, I mean, like you said, we need these points, so it's tough to, it's a tough one to swallow. But, I mean, we, we luckily, we're right back at it on Saturday, and we have to win. It's a second straight game with a third period kind of went against you a little bit. How do you make sure the third is more of a tougher period for, for both teams to play against you? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's obviously doing the, the little things. I mean, it's getting it in deep and, and forechecking well, but I think a lot of it comes down to, to penalties, and, and it seems to be biting us a little bit now, and um, I think that's a big part that we can kind of clean up a little bit. What were the things you liked about your game tonight, the team game? I mean, I thought we were forechecking well. I thought... We carried a lot of the play tonight, and we had a lot of chances. I think, you know, you just don't get some of those bounces some nights, and it kind of felt like that was one of those nights. When, when you're pressing, you know, I'm sorry, patience is kind of the word that, that I want to come up with. Um, in the second period, it looks like you showed a lot of patience. How important is that in these type of games? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a big part of the game. Um, hockey, you got to know when to, when to be patient out there and when to, when to go full go, but, I mean, it's kind of that crunch time of the year, and we need these points, and that's all that really matters. Asking the question is, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, it's hard because regardless of how the penalty was taken, I will, you know, the one thing I had a problem with, you know, with you know, points racing down the ice, and he's trying to chase down a puck for a breakaway, and then somehow he... I don't know how, the, whether the back checker goes into a stick. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that called. Um, so it does get called. Things go against you in games. And um, you got to kill it off. And we did a heck of a job. And they didn't get in our zone. The one time they did, or when they came out, we, you know, we just made a mental mistake and we had a bad change. And um, a good player made a great shot. And so now it's 2-2. It's and we... Uh, you know, special teams became a factor because we got a power play as well, and uh, we didn't do anything with it. And you know, fortunately, we killed killed off theirs. But now we've taken two in the last ten minutes, and then we take another one in overtime. And um, so it clearly sucks some of the momentum out of us. Um, but if you want to win the game, you got to kill them off. And um, you know, they get two power play goals difference in the game. This has been such a home ice advantage for you here over the years. A little bit of a skid lately. Is there kind of a common thread of the struggles? Mm, I can't sit here and say. We've had, you know, 10 days between, between home games here. And um, a game that I thought we played pretty well till we took the penalties in the end. And um, I think, you know, tip your hat, their goaltender played pretty well. I mean, he made some 10-bell saves when we have probably could have Put this game a little bit out of reach, but he kept a minute, and they kept plugging away. And then uh, again, it came down to us. We took too many penalties and a couple of mental mistakes, and they took advantage. And this uh, league's too good for you to be able to do that uh, and get away with it. And we couldn't tonight. Again, I'm not the ref, so just plays a go again for you and against you. I, I thought there was a, a lot went against us tonight. Um, 
I think everybody on the side building side and uh, they don't call it the they didn't call it so uh, we can't sit here and say it was you know that call was the difference um, but they ended up calling the penalty against us and we couldn't kill it off and that's that's the main thing you get the you got to play the hand you're dealt we were dealt a hand and um, and we didn't do well with it so uh, you know we can whine and cry all we want but it's uh it's not us and just go play the game and they've they were able to take advantage of it and we were not chief again cool bunch of block shots i mean yeah playing great it's doing great for us so did i hear him say they got called for uh, too many men no they did not so in overtime you know (laughs) you're only six guys on the ice man Right, right and tuck comes onto the ice and he's probably i don't know four strides out on the ice and realizes he's too many men and goes back and it's like, I'm like or somebody else came off. There's too many. And the entire crowd erupted like, Hey, and they didn't call it. <laughs> they didn't call it. And then moments later, Tuck feeds Thompson going the other way, who gets a step on Vassie and Vassie hooked him. And he got his, you know, got his hand you get the hand stick up by the hands. You know, they're going to call it. And then Vassie makes the save, but they call the penalty. So yeah, it's like, that kind of led to the breakaway the four, you know, I don't know if the lightning players were kind of like, who am I guarding now? There's four guys on the ice. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if that was the case, but I don't know how you don't call it. It's, it's maybe it's because it's overtime and you know, it's four on three and there's a lot of open ice and maybe it didn't have an effect on the play, but how much are you, are you supposed to, as a ref do all that, you know, those machinations, there's four guys on the ice. He's clearly out a little bit further than the, than the, you know, the, the acceptable zone. You make the call. I mean, if the, if the crowd's yelling about it, it's probably a little bit more obvious and it should be called. Well, I've, I, I don't know what the stats are. I haven't looked it up. I need to do that because I've seen a tremendous or maybe I've just noticed them a lot more too many men on the ice penalties this season, not just watching stars. Cause again, it's hard for me to watch those, but yeah. you know, all of the ESPN broadcasts that they yeah, have I this year, fair. I I, I've, fair. I've just noticed a lot more, you know, and they seem really ticky tacky. You know, sometimes you'll see a guy jump on the ice. He gets his skates there. He doesn't even take a stride and he realizes, Oh crap. He goes back over the wall. I've seen that called. Yeah, you know, so for sure, if he's if there's a guy four strides in on the ice before he turns around, you got to call that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, but it didn't go their way. And and in those instances, you, and it's like Coop said, you got to execute. You know, and Buffalo executed four on three. I mean, it was over in a heartbeat. They executed a great play, a pre-plan plan play. I was watching it with uh, Dave Andrewchuk, and he saw it coming. He's like, "Oh, that's a set play right there," and and, and they executed it perfectly. Yeah. Because four on three, they're worried about the shot. You know, Glenn Denning's worried about Tate's Thompson shot, and they're, you know, Darlene just dumps it down to Middlestat, uh-huh. who now is threatening Vasilevsky from you know below the circle. You, you, right. He's got Vasilevsky has to close off that side and leave the backside open at that point. He's too dangerous, right? And so Darlene then just skates right in between, you know, the two defenders, and then gets inside position on Glenn Denning at the back door and then it's just a, a it's an easy goal you know yeah. so well executed attaboy well done you know but the lightning just did not in those moments they weren't good enough and they need to overcome those 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 bad calls or whatever you have or even when you get a power play in the third there and it's scored it's two it's two two you get no shots and you almost give up a shorty right 
And their power play now that was historically good, like top five in the history of the game, is now three for 20 in their last uh, 15, I think, if I got that right. Um, so that's a that's even struggling. Yeah, three for 20, 15% over the last 20 games. But a team that relies on the power play, you can't get <laughs> – that ain't working. So Yeah, and I noticed look, just 23 shots on goal last night. I mean, they only allowed 23, but 23 shots yeah, on goal. Yeah, there was a lot of good. There was yeah. a lot of good last night. Yeah. But, you know, obviously in situations like this where you got to have two points, you know, you're going you're gonna to look at the bad. And, you know, those old lightning teams would close that game out. And even though I didn't – I saw this uh, – Edward Ancina had this in his um, uh, piece today that kind of – Shocked me actually, to be honest with you. They're 23 1 and 2 when leading after two periods. Oh, this year, the Lightning 23 1 and 2 when leading wow. after two periods, which I'm shocked by that because I, I I can kind of remember. Um, oh, that's leading, not tied. Okay, so the other night against Philadelphia, they're tied. Right. There, there's probably been a lot of games where they're tied going in the third period with that, that they didn't win. Um, so I don't know they, that 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 number surprised me a little bit, but this is a game last night that you they've been closing out recently during the good run, and have not. So um, look, not all is lost. This is a very talented team and a very prideful team. And it it the thing about it is, Breezebaugh now has room, salary cap room. Doesn't have a lot of ammunition in terms of prospects or draft picks to give up, but he's got players, and I'm wondering how much are they mulling some things you know as as evan klosky mentioned earlier this is the w- least productive month in Stan- steven sanko's career going back to his rookie season and i know um Br- breeze bois said a month ago we are not trading steven stamkos we're not trading steven stamkos his contract's up at the end of the year you know that which doesn't mean you can't bring him back you know so i don't know would you trade Steven Stamkos? I wouldn't. I, you know, that's not my call. I'm yeah. not here advocating it. I'm just sitting here saying, you know, if you owe anybody, you owe Steven Stamkos. Yeah. I know that's not what it's about. You know, it's about future production. But that dude took a less lesser deal, like, by a lot. <laughs> so you're saying you're doing him a favor by Here's trading him to a contender so he can, he can do something this weekend. Well, I'm, I'm saying this. You know, whatever it's it's hard, man. It's it tough, so isn't hard it? Because this is a guy that literally changed the face of the franchise and uh, whatever it was eight years ago when he when Toronto offered him fourteen million a year. Fourteen million a year. And he stayed with the lightning for eight point seven five. Right. Now I know taxes are different and all that, but now he did make it up on the sale of his house. <laughs> oh my gosh, right. <laughs> I don't even need to get into that. But whatever. It's not like he needs the money, but it, I think it, for him, it's a matter of respect. It's like, man, I, I should have like USF should have done with, uh, with Jim Levitt when he turned down Alabama, you get a lifetime contract after that, you get, a, <laughs> and once you get, you get a lifetime deal, we're never going to fire you. Um, and it's kind of with, with stamp coast too, but you can't, you know, you can't give him $8 million a year for another four years. Can't do it. You could cripple the franchise in a salary cap league. If it wasn't a salary cap, geez, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Vinnick would shower the man, you know? Yep. But it's not that's not how it works anymore. So we'll see. I I just I'm I'm the Breeze Bois is not he ain't shy. So I'll be very interested to see what this next week looks like leading up to the deadline. Um, 
we shall see. All right. Great job, Timmy. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, you. Great, great interviews today with Evan Klosky from uh, Tampa Bay 10 and Tom Mullins, uh, former Raymond James executive who did the deep dive into the Rays Heinz deal with the city. It's a disaster folks. You got to go read this. No home run.com is their website. 80% of voters uh, tallied by the league of women voters do not want this deal in Pinellas County. So, Go check up on that. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go Bolts. I'll see you at Amelie Arena, and we'll talk to you on Monday.